0: Pollock trying to steer around, picked up centered, they score! Feather back over to Manny, splits to the defense, his shot, he scores! In zone end there was Shillington, hard collision, BL, center and they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger. And Joey Goldstein. All right, welcome to episode number five of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda American Hockey League affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Welcome aboard. I'm Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the Barracuda, alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Goldie, you're joining us from uh, your hometown, Worcester, Mass, as you went back for the week, a little vacation time. But maybe not the uh, tropical vacation everybody else uh, tends to enjoy. You got to go back to cold and rainy Worcester.
1: Yeah, there's nothing tropical about it. It's, it, it's uh, I'm not in Worcester yet right now. I'm still in Boston. Uh, I spent the night here. I got in last night. Spent the night here. It is cold. It is rainy. It's about thirty degrees, and it uh, sounds like Thursday on Thanksgiving it's going to be eighteen degrees. So uh, it's going to be cold, but you know it's nice, It's always nice to be back and, and see family for the holidays. This is the first time uh, I've been back two years for Thanksgiving because the schedule's always been kind of funky around the holidays. So. Uh, it's good to be back, and I'm excited about it. I was I was Very excited obviously.
0: To, I was gonna say I don't think you've been home for for uh, Thanksgiving since the two years I've been here.
1: No, yeah, it's been it's been tough, but you know that's that's the grind of the, the season. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm still you know, you get home for Christmas or New Year's or you know whatever it may be. There there's always gaps in the schedule, so it's I've been fortunate enough to get home you know here and there, but it's always nice to get back for Thanksgiving. I'm a big Thanksgiving fan, so.
0: So we'll have to give a, a little bit of a warning to our listeners that uh, we are doing this via Skype. That's what we're using as our audio control. So do bear with us as we uh, do our podcast from, you know, two different sides of the country. Um, if,
1: you me, if you hear me laughing in the background, I apologize. I've got my brother standing in the
0: <laughs> living room here. Putting the heat on, huh?
1: He's, he's not really doing too much <laughs> <laughs> I like that, I, I apologize.
0: so big win um obviously just the one game over the last week it was sunday for cleveland barons night um the barracuda hadn't scored in their last two games they were outscored in tucson six nothing a five nothing loss against the roadrunners and then a one nothing loss but they come back did not score in the opening period but they explode for five goals over the final 40 minutes um, they get a couple from francis perron who continues to produce and then I think the third period was definitely an encouraging sign for Barracuda fans because you had three different players get off the schneid. John McCarthy snaps a nine game goalless drought. Alexander True snaps a 10 game goalless drought. And then Vincent Praplin finds the back of the net for his first American League goal. That snapped a 12 game goalless drought. So you get five goals, you get the first shutout of the season. And San Jose set a franchise record for the least amount of shots. Allowed so just the 16 shots by Colorado um, was a record for the Barracuda. A dominating performance after an entire week off.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a what a turnaround, right? We had said that it'd be interesting to see how this team handles the adversity of losing two in a row, getting shut out twice on the road, and they bounce back like it just didn't even phase them. And we had kind of looked at practice last week, and it seemed like everybody was loose and light, and, and obviously that carried over onto the ice and seeing. Guys kind of hit the score sheet and, and you know, break some streaks. I mean, Vince Trapplin, he, he had that one goal taken away earlier in the game, and he kind of just sat in disbelief for – it went right to a timeout, but he sat in disbelief for a couple minutes, just kind of – he couldn't believe that, that you know, he still hadn't gotten his first HL goal. So to see him get that, that was great. Obviously, Alexander True, it's been a while since he found the back of the net. Uh, obviously, you know, a three-point night for Perron, he's carrying things for us. Coronash gets his first AHL shutout, so a, a lot of good things uh, all around. It was actually pretty cool after the game, uh, Vinny Prap when he's getting his first goal puck, and uh, Timo Meyer actually hand-delivered it to him in the locker room, which was uh, which is pretty cool. He was there supporting his his fellow uh, fellow Swiss Swiss buddy there, and I believe they may be roommates. So pretty cool moment for him, but uh, all around it was great to see everybody kind of pick things up and. Get back to our winning
0: ways. Absolutely, and and they are roommates. Timo Meyer, Vincent Praplin, both from Switzerland, and uh, our roommates this year. Um, And yeah, it was great. I think Joe will mention to me after the game. You know where. At any you know any organization in the league, and it helps. Obviously, we share the same city and the same building. But where else would you have a star NHL player come and watch an American Hockey League game on a day off and come down and hang out with the guys? He's got a couple connections with Praplin. He also played juniors with Perron, and you mentioned it, uh, Perron with the two tallies three-point night he hadn't scored two goals since 2016 it was just his second three-point night of his career as well so vincent Praplin is or pardon me uh francis perron has already surpassed his goal total from a season ago he's just a couple points shy of his point total i mean what a start to the season and we've talked about it maybe a new place a new start can make all the difference for a player and it certainly seems to be the case right now
1: yeah it's we've talked about change of scenery before but this guy is really uh the you know, the he's kind of leading the pace. He's at the he's setting the bar for everybody else in the team, and it's it's nice to to see that because you really didn't know what to expect from this guy when he was kind of sent over from Ottawa. He's, like everybody's kind of talked about, everyone kind of just thought he was a throw-in with the Carlson trade, but that's clearly not the case. I mean, right now, he's looking point-per-game player. He's probably a front-runner for our team right now to represent us at the All-Star Classic, along with maybe a couple other guys, but. Uh, it's it's definitely a positive sign. and it's, Since 2016, I didn't realize that. That's a long time to you know, not have a multi-goal game.
0: Yeah, it was his first, uh, just his second multi-goal game and just his second 3.9 of his career. I mean, what he's doing so far to start this year has been unprecedented in his career. He was You know, a a highly productive offensive producer at the junior level, but it just has not panned out so far at the pro level. But he certainly is finding his stride here in San Jose. Some transactional news today, Joey. Um, The Sharks recalled Lucas Radiel, and they reassigned Dylan Gambrell. Now, will that be the same lineup for the Barracuda when they hit the road in Colorado on Thursday? They'll fly out Thursday and play Friday and Saturday to be determined. Um, and we'll see if uh, Lucas gets in the lineup tonight as well for the Sharks. But um, a little bit of movement today with the uh, big club calling a player up and reassigning one at the same time.
1: Yeah, you have to maybe wonder a little bit if, if that means you know someone like, I think Hurdle's been the guy who's been out of the lineup a little bit, so maybe he's getting healthy. And then as opposed to having someone like Gambrell, you know, sit in the press box and kind of watch a couple games, it keeps him in the lineup, keeps him playing games. You know, to come down to the Barracuda, you bring a guy like Radiel up, who's a little bit older, Uh Maybe plays a bit of a heavier game than Gambrell might. Has uh, a bigger body. He may be a guy who come in and can kind of watch some games from the press box, or maybe also see a game or two uh, as things go along. It's it's nice to have that depth and that you know, the being able to interchange guys here and there. And obviously, it's on our end. It's great to have doing Gambrell back, and uh, hopefully, he can play with us uh, this weekend in Colorado and, and have an impact.
0: Absolutely. who has been spectacular so far at the AHL level. A couple games at the NHL level. Of course, there was a flip flop in terms of a reassignment and recall with Rochardet coming down to the Barracuda the other night and Gambrell going up while Gambrell comes back down. So it won't be the end of movement. We expect that. It's always part of the it's uh, par for the course of the AHL level to see guys come and go. Um, again, it would be interesting on who, who is on the flight, the Southwest flight, uh, to Loveland on Thursday. Um, we'll dictate who will be in the lineup. Uh, one injury note, I think Vincent Praplin did suffer an upper body injury in that win on Sunday. So um, he is going to be kind of a game-time decision. We'll see if he even makes the trip to Colorado. So um, that may be uh, another impact on you know positioning um, with Praplin being a right-handed shot, Gambrell being a right-handed shot, that's um, good to get him back down. Uh, Dylan Gambrell, Praplin's not going to be made available at the center ice position. You got all lefties if you got no Praplin and no Gambrell down the middle. So um, that makes an impact. But you got to love uh, the way in which fans turned out on Sunday. Our best crowd this season. Everybody, I think, loved the jerseys and uh, fun when you have your best crowd to probably put your best performance out there uh, this season.
1: Sunday was a huge success for us uh, as a team this year. Obviously, five nothing shutout win. Again, that was you know definitely wasn't boring by any stretch. Uh, to get that's obviously great, but when you have 4,000 plus people in the building, you have a, a big theme night like that where you, know, you have these really cool specialty jerseys, which everybody seemed to love. You had the giveaway. You had Jonathan Chichu, Douglas Murray in the building, you know, for ceremonial puck drop and they're signing autographs. Everybody I talked to on the concourse, anybody who came up to me, was just so happy that they. We got to see these guys they were so happy with the promotion uh it's not often you get to see the alumni and get your autographs i mean i saw chichu and douglas Murray jerseys just all night long uh so it was it was cool to to have those guys there and i think they enjoyed it kind of brought them back a little bit uh to their their heyday in cleveland uh we sat with them they real quickly brought them in the coach's office they kind of talked with roy and joe for a little bit before the game and kind of just reminisced a little bit and they I mean, they're looking over the roster, talking about how young some of these guys are, but you know, how, how impactful they all uh, have been and how they all you know, will be in the future. So it was cool to kind of see their perspective on things. And obviously, like I said, having a, a 5 nothing win was, uh, was huge. So uh, all in all, great success. And hopefully that's something that we keep moving forward with with all these throwback nights.
0: So that win for Coronache, he improved to six and one on the season. What a start for him! He's tops in the American League among all rookie netminders who played six or more games in goals against and save percentage. Antoine Bebo can say the same thing for all goalies, rookies included, for the top save percentage and goals against. Um, Coronache leads all rookies in wins as well with the six. And San Jose has a combined best. Goals against at uh, just uh, around two on the goals against and uh, north of 925 on the save percentage. So they're getting production, continuous production in between the pipes, no matter who is starting. San Jose also second now in uh, goal differential at plus 21 and second in the AHL at a 750 winning percentage. um, Are the Barracuda only behind the Charlotte Checkers who have really been the only team uh, so far this season that has been um, as hot as San Jose has been to start the year. So things are back on track. We were um, questioning what direction the team would go after a couple disappointing losses, um, but some home cooking, and they find them back in that five times. But now it's back to the road. As they'll take on the Colorado Eagles on Friday and Saturday in Loveland. That's going to be interesting. I think Joey on you know San Jose. Obviously, they were five and zero going into uh, the road trip in Tucson. They lost back to back games. Colorado now they're going to have a game before we see them on Friday. Um, they'll take on Bakersfield uh, tomorrow night. So we'll see is if that they. In, is that in Bakersfield? That's in Bakersfield to wrap up their three game road trip. They have lost now uh, six in a row, and, and that's a good hockey team on paper. Um, I think the Eagles are, there's a lot of talent there and they started the season off as one of the best teams in the American league and it has really turned south for them. So, um, I would expect it's going to be in hostile environment, uh, at the Budweiser event center, which is, you know, notorious, notoriously at the ECHL, ECHL level, easy for me to say one of the most hostile environments in the league. So I think that'll be a fun trip and another good uh, measuring stick.
1: Yeah. I mean, before we... Jumping to Colorado here uh, last month, you know Antoine Bebo won goaltender of the month uh, for the entire league. You and I both—we've talked about it a little bit. Joseph Corona should have, in our minds, I, I think he should have been the rookie of the month. But it's tough to give two two goaltenders from the same team uh, you know that kind of acknowledgement. But if he keeps playing like this, and he, I mean, he's, it's what a luxury to have two guys who can literally just split time and you don't have to worry about who's playing back there. But yeah, looking ahead to Colorado. Definitely interesting. I mean, we saw Spencer Martin on uh, on Sunday, and his numbers uh, between the two goalies they have have been night and day. I mean, he's clearly taken a uh, he's been their other guy in their system for a bit in Colorado, and he is it seems like he's taken a back seat to Pavel. Is it Frank, Frank, who? Frank,
0: Francis, I believe. Francis, yep. Uh, yeah,
1: he, and his numbers have been great. So, I with a back-to-back on Friday, Saturday, I'm not sure if we'll see him both nights. Uh, but the way Martin's been playing, uh, they, they may have to ride, Francis to just, uh, you, know, you know, stay afloat here. But you're right; they're not a bad team on paper. They've got some good, some good skill, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's just maybe our team's just too much to handle for them right now. And you know, we're playing well, and, and hopefully, it continues into the weekend.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Martin is feeling the pressure for Francis who was signed as a free agent for the KHL. He's the KHL goaltender of the year last year. And Martin, you know, they signed the Avalanche did to a, to a one-year contract, almost like a prove-it deal after his entry-level contract expired. He was a draft pick by Colorado, and there was some high hope for him. He got a couple games up with the big club. Um, of course, if you recall, um, Joey, when Patrick Marleau was still a member of the San Jose Sharks, he did score four goals uh on spencer martin that four goal game in which he had i believe maybe four goals in a period if i'm not mistaken um that came against spencer martin but his career is certainly not taking the, the track he hoped for in colorado hoped for so i would expect to see francis on friday maybe even saturday And uh, we did see him during the preseason. We saw Martin and Francis and San Jose beat Martin and they lost to Francis. So to be interesting, Um, it will be a big test. Again, that's a hostile environment. It's about 5,500 seats. I think the Budweiser event center holds, Uh, but they pack it and they're loud and they're right on top of you. And um, San Jose is going to need a quick start. Something that they have had a lot of success this year, San Jose this year, you know, they have 10 wins. They're 10, 10 and one when they have scored first this season, they are nine zero zero and one So a quick start um, has paid uh, positive dividends so far for the Barracuda, and that's what they're going to need on the road.
1: Yeah, and real quick, again, on Spencer Marney, this, this is a guy who, I, I don't know, maybe he is feeling the pressure. He was an all-star in 2017. You know, when, uh, the year we had, uh, we were in Lehigh Valley, he was, a, uh, he was an all-star. So I, I wonder if maybe he is feeling the heat a little bit uh, with the new guy coming in and, you know, obviously for – you hope the best for every guy's career. Hopefully, hopefully he figures it out. But uh, you know, for our sake, let's let's hopefully keep lighting him up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, last year. Remember, if you if you recall, he was in San Antonio when the Avs had their affiliate in San Antonio. and Vili Huso, who was a Blues prospect, really kind of outplayed him as well down there. So um, it's sometimes the way it goes with goaltending. You know what I mean? So um,
1: especially in a situation like that where you're you have two NHL teams sharing you know the same. Uh, the same affiliate, you got to make sure both guys get an equal amount of play, or at least close to that. But obviously, if one guy's outplaying the other, it can be a little bit tough. But when you have two number one goalies in you
0: know, each team's development system, that can be a bit of a struggle. Absolutely, there's been some movement at the uh, you know at the NHL level as well. It was just announced former San Jose Shark head coach Todd McClellan had been relieved of his duties in Edmonton. Um, what role does that play with the Bakersfield Condors to be determined? Um, It is brought in Ken Hitchcock. He'll be the new head coach of Edmonton. Um, I don't know if that affects, you know, the situation down with the Condors in terms of what their AHL, you know, situation is, but uh, you know, that stuff tends to trickle down. You saw it uh, in Chicago uh, with the Blackhawks um, firing Joel Quinville. They hired the head coach, um, of the you know the Rockford Icehawks so there's always an effect maybe not uh, direct but it definitely is going to affect uh, Bakersfield um, at the American League level but uh, to be determined on that for sure
1: yeah yeah definitely something to keep an eye on I think uh, I, I think I saw them bringing in Hitchcock and who knows maybe he's I don't, I don't know what kind of state Edmonton's in as far as where they see themselves this year so who knows if they end up calling guys up, or they just kind of keep plugging along for a little bit. But, yeah, it's one of those to-be-determined things. But try not to – I mean, not that I try not to. It's just I just don't have a ton of focus on what happens in the NHL landscape aside from within our organization because most of my focus here, you know, obviously is on the Barracuda stuff. So uh, I try to follow as much as I can. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, it trickles down to Bakersfield for sure.
0: And why I said Bakersfield only because Jay Woodcroft is one of um – you know, one of McClellan's kind of disciples, one of the guys he's had as, a, as an assistant during his time, both in San Jose and Edmonton. And, of course, they cleaned house with the assistants this offseason, but they allowed for Woodcroft to stay in the organization, take over the American Hockey League team. I would be shocked if they made any sort of movement at the AHL level, but it is certainly interesting now that McClellan is out um, with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so the Barracuda will be on the road for a couple games. They will return back home November 27th. It'll be Cuda Classroom Day. Um, we did it last year, Joel. It was a ton of fun. It's an 11 a.m. start. So get your coffee and you have some uh, early hockey action at SAP Center. Um, but if you can give us a rundown, kind of give us a, a background on uh, what people can expect, what the kids should expect. And also there was a great, um, you know, we, we provided the kids last year with a great uh, it, an educational book that kind of engaged them. If you could kind of give us a background story on that as well, um, that'd be sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah, so Cuda Classroom, obviously our second day doing it, it's something that's been pretty successful around the league, a lot of teams do it, They it's, a, it's an education based game where they, you know, they do it during the school day, the kids take buses or they carpool with parents, whatever it may be they all come out to the game and really just enjoy not only the hockey game, but everything's kind of tailored to education and what they're learning in the classroom so you kind of hit on all the major subjects with math and science and history language arts, whatever it may be, geography and we found ways to kind of work that into our in-game entertainment and a big part of that is this uh, activity book that uh, we have created here. So Faith Christensen, who's our kind of our community is extraordinaire, she's really been the brainchild behind this workbook. Uh, she put a lot of work into it last year, even more work into it this year, you know, making sure it's got lots of you know relevant content and activities and games for the kids to learn about the game, but also, you know, have some fun at the same time, so she's, she's worked hard, I've seen the book, it looks great, but every kid's going to get one of those, and it, it'll match up to things happening in the game, they'll be able to watch videos, and, and fill, thing, uh, fill things out within the book to answer questions, and it's all, uh, it's, the whole day itself is a lot of fun, I mean, I remember last year, it's, it's definitely one of the loudest games you'll have, having 2,500, 3,000 screaming kids in that arena, uh, I mean, it's just loud, um, it's almost—I it, would uh, uh, compare it to maybe like a uh, Justin Bieber concert. If there's a bunch of 13, 14-year-old kids just screaming and yelling when he comes on stage, thats literally what it's like uh, with all these kids. Um, but hopefully, you know, it's a—it's an exciting game. I think having Stockton here could be—could uh, be a lot of fun. We might see some fireworks. I know we talked about it a little bit before where uh, last year we had a couple fights. I think in the Cuda Classroom Day, it might have rubbed a couple teachers the wrong way potentially, and. We could see that again with Stockton, obviously, because there's always a, a big rivalry there. But all in all, I think it's going to be a great day. The kids are going to have a lot of fun. And uh, if you're a teacher or a you know, parent and you got your kids and you want to come out and set up a field trip to come out to a game, it's definitely not too late. We'd love to have you out here. It's, uh, you can go to sjbarracuda.com slash classroom to get more information. Hopefully, come out and enjoy a, a great education, fun-filled day.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Last year was a blast. The sound effects, mics on uh, on the broadcast equipment is uh, it's a little bit different than normal. It's almost it reminds me a bit of when we have. Uh, Pucks and paws. You hear all the dogs barking. This time you got all these kids screaming, and they do not let up for the entire 60 minutes of the game. I don't remember them stopping at all uh, last time, and that was certainly fun. And the the guys enjoyed it as well as they felt the crowd behind them. And you could tell they enjoyed the crowd behind them on Sunday as well um, with that uh, 5,000 plus at SAP Center. Um, You know, we got to continue to encourage fans. This is one of the best teams in the AHL. It's loaded with talent, it's entertaining throughout. And uh, the guys certainly appreciate when uh, you know the building is filled.
1: Oh yeah, they they, they definitely do, and they, you know, they not only do they appreciate it, but I'm sure you've heard I, I I get comments from them every now and then. They you know, they always want to know how many tickets are sold and how many people were expecting. You know, they 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 do feed off the crowd, and they do realize when you know when it's a little bit more full or a little bit more empty. You know that that does have an impact on them, uh, whether you want to you know believe that or not. And obviously. Who knows if we score five goals on Sunday, you know, the crowd is not, you know, as into the game as they were, and through to know, classroom day last year, the kids got behind it, and obviously, you know, we, we, I think we went on to win that game, too, so it's uh, definitely, you know, something you know, we want to keep pushing everybody to come out to these games, you know, hopefully it's now that we you know, October and November kind of in the rear view as we kind of really get into these winter months, uh, quote-unquote winter months.
0: Um, it should be good for uh, for people to come and, and really see this this team this team play. So absolutely. So the Barracuda on the road this weekend, then they return back home. That wraps up the month of November. Can you believe it? We're already done with November and almost into December. We are fully engulfed in the holiday season. Joe, before we wrap up, I think we've got to uh we've gotta to touch on um, the big holiday coming up this Thursday. Let's it is talk, it is let's Thanksgiving. Talk <laughs> let's talk let's turkey. Talk I am a um I'm a big turkey guy. There's no doubt about it. I heard somebody say that they were sick of turkey and, like, that they didn't want to do turkey anymore for Thanksgiving. And I was like, it's once a year. That just, that was mind-boggling. Anyway. Who said that?
1: Who said that? And can we have a private I
0: think to? it was on the morning show, and I think it was Al Roker. It was Al Roker. There's no doubt about it. He said he didn't want turkey anymore. He was done with it. And I was, like, I was dumbfounded.
1: You know what, you know what Al? I'm done with you. <laughs> Don't want turkey on Thanksgiving? I'm gonna get my weather somewhere else.
0: <laughs> exactly right. So okay, uh, let's go down the list. What is? Are you a? Do you like dark meat or do you like uh, light meat?
1: So I'm, so I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's it's always fun, you know, being back. i being from New England. Being, you know, that fall weather is something that you can't really beat. Uh, it's always nice to be with family. You sit there. I mean, my thing is Thanksgiving. It's every year. It's seeing whether or not I can make it through the the last football game of the day because I'm usually. Eat all that turkey, eat a big meal. I'm I'm good for a nap at some point. Uh, so as long as I can get to the through the last football game, I'm pretty good. But uh, I'm a, I'm a big I like white meat. Uh, definitely the, the whiter meat is, is better with me. But I like uh, <laughs> I like I'm a big stuffing mashed potatoes kind of guy. Uh, some cornbread, maybe some green beans, load it up with gravy, and then uh, kind of go from there. So that that's kind of what my my plate looks like. What is,
0: what is your stuff like? Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely a, uh, a light meat guy myself. I was trying to look up uh, the schedule. So we've got Bears-Lions. Um, I think it's, uh, is it Cowboys-Saints or Cowboys-Redskins? And then um, the Saints will play the F- Falcons, I believe? I don't know. I don't know. I know I got the Saints, I don't so I don't, I don't have the I don't full have schedule in front, me, in front of, I of know, me. I
1: think the Bears and maybe the Bengals are playing in the first game on Thursday
0: uh, and- no, I think it's Bears Lions. So Bears Lions, that makes sense. After, NFC after North.
1: Watching the, after watching the Monday night game last night, uh, those two teams should probably be a little bit concerned that they're not going to be able to live up to that hype because that was that was amazing. But it's all yeah, like I said, it's always fun to watch. But uh, keep going. What else is What else in your plate? Here? Okay,
0: so we've got so I'll go light meat. Yep, every time, no doubt about it. A uh, little bit of gravy on it because light meat can get a little dry. It depends on how you cook it. But it it can get a little debatable, so just for your safety, you got to have a little gravy on there so it doesn't get uh, clogged in your throat. And then, you know, I'll go, uh, I'll go a little cranberry. Um, Don't mind it. Um, And then mashed potatoes is a given. Um, My family's from Ohio, so we'll like get uh, at least my parents are and my aunt. So we'll get like a weird combination of like they'll make some like fruit salad. Sometimes they'll make like a Jello salad, which I'll eat. It's kind of like Peeps. It's kind of like. candy corn you eat it once a year it's terrible for you but it's good on that day so you know we get all types of different stuff sweet potatoes uh green beans you name it
1: what uh so let me ask you do you have like a thanksgiving memory that kind of stands out to you at
0: all? Well? well so this is this is funny you asked that because growing up playing youth hockey we were never home for thanksgiving ever there was always hockey tournaments so What we used to do is we'd be out of town for Thanksgiving, so we end up celebrating Thanksgiving um, like I'm doing actually this year. I I celebrated this past weekend with my family because we'll be gone. What we would do is we'd do Thanksgiving a couple days before, but we were always in Southern California. So for whatever reason, there was this El Torito, which is a chain Mexican place. It's kind of like Chevy's. There was an El Torito by our hotel, and we went there, I swear, we went there five years in a row. It was this South Coast tournament, El Torito on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's it's blasphemy, but uh, it became kind of our thing. We do our normal traditional Thanksgiving a couple of days before, and we were never home. That's just what I remember: is I was never home, and nobody could believe it. None of my friends; they were like so like confused that I was never home for Thanksgiving. But hockey, yeah. it would it rules the day when you're when you're playing, especially that time of year.
1: Never home, but always with family, right? So that's that's the important. important that's lot, right. I guess.
0: That's all that matters. I uh,
1: yeah, I mean, obviously I could sure i have tons of memories playing football the day of and things like that in high school and playing with my brothers and things like that but there was a couple years ago uh it might have been two years ago uh, obviously i didn't go home for thanksgiving so i had uh just made some stuff in my house made some turkey and potatoes and and things like that and i was peeling the potatoes and uh putting all the potato peelings into the sink and you know i went ran a garbage disposal. I guess you're not supposed to put potato peels into the garbage disposal because they, they don't get uh, chewed up. So my entire sink got clogged and I had, it was just a gross standstill potato, mashed potatoes, peeled potatoes, some stuffing, some turkey, just gross water. And then uh, obviously it was the holidays, so the maintenance people uh, were busy or not working. Uh, so that water kind of just sat in my apartment for a couple of days. <laughs> not ideal no uh,
0: that's good to know i didn't uh, know that
1: yeah so so anybody out there who's maybe making potatoes or peeling their potatoes for thanksgiving do not put them down the garbage disposal put them right into the trash and uh hey there's there's a little fun fact a thing to know with joe and i'm glad i could give it to you and help you out yeah
0: i can i can just envision the peel like kind of wrapping around you know i don't even yeah
1: like it just though like You know, you turn on the spokes, you can hear it going. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work, the battery, like, there's just no sound.
0: Yeah.
1: It was just running, 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 silent.
0: Terrible, terrible feeling. (laughs) The water just started to rise. Terrible feeling. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I can probably speak for both of us. We wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, safe holiday. Enjoy the time with your family and friends. Um, the The Barracuda will be back in action the next day, and I'm sure everybody's off work for the weekend. Um, so hopefully everybody will tune in as the Cuda will be on the road in Loveland to take on the Eagles for the second and third time on the eight-game season series. Joe, you got anything else? I think we'll wrap this one up, make it a little bit shorter than normal.
1: Yeah, no, that's kind of it. I think you, know, you touched on it. Definitely everybody have a safe and healthy, happy holiday. Hope you all get some good time to you know, relax, kick back, you know, take some time off from your work, your school, whatever it may be, and, and really relax and, and Enjoy your time with your family, friends, whoever you may be spending the holiday with. So uh, we hope to see you guys all uh, the, you know, the following week at Kuda Classroom Day. And then as we get into, the, uh, into December here, keep coming out to support. We, we appreciate it and we need you all out as much as possible.
0: No doubt. I, I'm sure CUDA Classroom Day has as much pull with your with your job in terms of getting days off, so we do expect you to be there. It's an 11 a.m. start, November 27th. CUDA Classroom Day, our second time we're doing it. should be a blast. A lot of kids in the building should be good energy.
1: We'll have Frenzy write your boss uh, an excuse letter if you want. Yes, so we yes. We can make sure Frenzy writes that, so if you take the day off you want, well, we can have Frenzy send you something.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe just take an early lunch break and, and a long one. You know, you leave work yeah. at like 10.30, and then you don't yeah. come back till late 2.00. So. Hey, I do
1: that sometimes over the summer where the, the San Jose Giants are playing. Maybe just go and take a take my lunch break and go to a Giants game and enjoy one of the, you know, Enjoy my lunch there. So, not a bad idea. You got there.
0: That's no. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. You just you just expose yourself, but uh, yeah, I, I got you. Good stuff. Oh, I <laughs> hey, <laughs> just kidding.
1: Go, I can go wherever I want for lunch. I'm not saying I'm taking a, a long lunch. That's true. For the whole game. But Fair. I can go get some Turkey Mike's barbecue and hang out, watch a couple innings, and then go back to the office. That's a great That's a great summer afternoon right there.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Joe, well, hey, enjoy the rest of your trip. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you when you get back.
1: Yeah, thanks, buddy, you too. Good luck in Colorado, and uh, send my best to the team.
0: All right, fans, so long. We'll talk to you all uh, this Friday when the Barracuda take on the Colorado Eagles.